Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, Tony interviews actress Isadora Goreshta. You may know her from her role as Svetlana on Showtime's Shameless. Izzy talks about what it was like getting into acting at a relatively late age and taking a chance on a small, no-line role that led to her being a series regular for six seasons on Shameless. This episode reminds us that it's not about your age. It's not about fitting the mold. It's about you. Hi, everyone. It's Anthony. And sitting across from me is a dear friend. How long have I been working with you? Well, let me introduce her first. Izzy Goreshter. And this is where we have the... (sighs) (laughs) You haven't heard my podcast, obviously. I know. Well, ever. (gasps) Hi, Izzy. Hi. What's going on? How long have I known you? Ten years. Whoa. I think it was 2008. It could have been 2009. How did you come to this? What was the year we did the dance video, the the um the birds of a birds, birds of a feather, was, of a feather music Well, that's video. 2010. So it was so 2009. Yeah. Okay. So nine years. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. And how did you come to me? Because you were in Long Beach at that time. Really? Yes, you were still living in Long Beach. It was Amy. Oh, it was Amy. Amy had me come That's audit. Right. Her agent. That's right. It was my manager. At the or time. her manager. That's right. Because I had, I did like five years at Stella Adler, and then took like a long break, and then knew that I needed to get back into acting class, and I didn't know where to start. So Amy sent me to you. Whoa, you were so young. Like you're still so young, but I just mean like young and like, the you know what I mean. Young is just like seeing the world from that place of like a whole new world. I mean, for yeah. acting, yes, yes, but I had seen enough. You did. <laughs> by that age, I had right. seen enough. You were hanging out with rock stars. You had a rock star boyfriend. Let's, let's talk about the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Izzy circuit 2018. Yeah. So many of you know Izzy from her like outstanding role in Shameless. And you've got so many fans. Um, so tell us a little bit about that now. You're done with the show, though. Yes. And this is the last... So season... Is it season... What season is it now? Season nine is airing now. Is airing right now. Yeah. And you're in that season. No. Oh, you're not. I'm done. Season okay. eight was my last season. Okay, whoa. Okay. Yeah. But this is its last season, right? I don't think so. Oh. I think they're, they're going to do going. another one. But Emmy Rossum is done. Emmy's done. Is Emma Kinney? Emma Kinney's Emma still Kinney's on. Still yeah, on okay. And she's doing the Connors. That's right. Too. No, I, I know. I just Cam is done. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on. Okay, well, but All you I were on it for how many seasons? I started in season three, so three, four, five, six, seven, eight, six seasons. Whoa. I mean, season three was only like three episodes, so but we can still count it. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it too because it started as just like a one-liner. Right, I didn't basically. even have any lines. You didn't even have any lines? This is no. even better. Listen, actors, anything is possible. <laughs> it really is. It's terrifying. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this so many times, but I'll talk about it again. But wait, can I just interject because I was thinking yes. about you yesterday because you cracked me up. Because this is that's so great for the listeners to remember remember that anything can come out of anywhere. But I was remember a couple of years ago I was trying to get this movie I've been trying to get made forever. And at one point you're like, Tony, read this article. And it was a double amputee, and he climbed up 
the, the Himalayan mountains. <laughs> oh, and you're like, good. if a double amputee can climb his Mount, ass up Mount, Mount Everest, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you can get your movie made. <laughs> so anything is possible. That's so yes. true. So I love what, that you remember that. Like of course, I was just thing. thinking that yesterday. I was like, that is he. So what? Just keep, count on me to keep things in perspective. I know. It's true, though. It is. I was like, she's right. So it was just like this weird giant leap of faith, I guess. And my my manager at the time, Tina, was like, "You should just trust your instincts and do it." And I did it. And they kept like asking me back and back and back and back and back, and it was crazy. And then I became a series regular, and whoa, fifty three episodes later, that's so exciting. Yeah, and they and that and the role was really not designed by you, but like th- that. It's so exciting to like it was nothing, and your presence started to create something in a way. It you know literally I mean? we created and then they shaped it, it around you. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd like to think so. Well, of course. I mean, the so, character is way more like me yeah than I am like the character uh huh so it's it's kind of like my alter not alter ego but you know how we always talk about that there's cause we can't judge anybody that we play so yeah. there's always that element of like you always have to find a bit of yourself in the character but I think I found like way more <laughs> than I planned on yeah so, so she she was she's Svetlana she's a, she's a Russian was she a prostitute, prostitute to start? Yeah, yeah, but she was, I think, sex trafficked into oh, the country well, by her dad. Okay, and then you ended up marrying and having the son of yeah, Mickey Malkovich yes. Noel Fisher, <laughs> which was awesome. It was really cool. That was amazing. He's and doing wonderful things. You were like so. You were so many people's favorite character because a lot of times, like if I'll post a photo of us or something, they'll be like, "Oh my god, I love Svetlana. She's my like." She's also. She's kind of. She was just like weird, polarizing, badass. But like, if you either loved her or you hated her, and then I think I made it. I think that's initially why I joined social media, was because. She was such um, an antagonist in the storyline with like the most beloved gay couple on television in like history. That's right. And I was getting like so much, (laughs) not like hate mail, Uh but I was getting like so much hate on the internet Uh that I was like, and also people are just stupid and don't understand that I'm an actor playing a character. And I was like, okay, I'll just create a social media account and just post pictures of Noel and Cam and be like, wait, I love these two people and I actually love this relationship. I'm just an actress. <laughs> and people started to like understand that. Oh and then I think slowly God. Svetlana became kind of a little bit more of an ally to them around, I think, season end of season four, season five. And then um, I kind of had to like flip the paradigm on my own to be like I'm not the bad guy here <laughs> I love hilarious. everybody oh my god <laughs> but yeah it was a crazy ride it was like life changing and then and why did they just end up did they kill the character off or did no they I asked it? to be killed off but uh-huh. John Wells was like mm, no you just never know like what will happen like, but they were already decided it wasn't did you want to did you feel no, like no they I think they just, halfway through filming season 8 John Wells pulled me aside after table read and was like I think this is the end of the storyline and I was like I agree with you I was like there's only so much uh-huh. at that point I hadn't really interacted with a lot of like the other cast members so there's only so much we could do with that character at that point mm-hmm. so I was 
I was in like complete agreement. I was like, I think it's time. I think you should talk to your agent and see if you can do a spinoff series called Svetlana. <laughs> I think I'm USSR. Done. I think I'm okay. <laughs> with, I think I'm okay with just like putting, putting her in bed to now. rest for a little bit. Well, so how was it working on a Russian accent, living in a Russian accent all the time on set, and like? Well, it was so funny because I obviously I'm you know I'm Russian. I speak Russian fluently. I didn't speak English till I was like four or five. My entire family's Russian. But my whole life, I've been kind of like making fun of the accent, like making fun of my mom's friends. Like me and all my like cousins and my friends would like make, do like an over-the-top Russian accent that you would hear on like Rocky and Bullwinkle. And then I booked the Boris show. Natasha. I booked yeah. the show and I was like, shit, I really want to make this authentic because one of my biggest pet peeves is terrible Russian accents on television mm-hmm. because there's so many brilliant Russian actors and yet all of the Russian accents are so bad mm-hmm. and they're like caricatures. Mm-hmm. They're just stereotypes. And so I really wanted to make it a point to make the accent as authentic as possible. And I really worked hard on it. And, um, so yeah, I just kind of, I, I made it a point to try to make it as real and not, um, stereotypical, even mm-hmm. though my character technically is, kinda, is a stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted her to be grounded in as much reality as possible. Uh-huh. So I did watch, my son had um, his, was, uh, his tonsils taken out and we watched a lot of Hotel Transylvania one summer before I started filming season eight. And so I, but my very first day of shooting season eight, I came in and I sounded exactly like <laughs> Count Dracula. Yeah. I was like, wait, 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 hold on. I got to bring it back. I was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> wait a second. I really need to rein this in. Oh, my Get God. Back. But it was fun. I mean, it was it was cool. I yeah. think my work is always better in an accent anyways. I probably made you do many accents in class. Uh, you have? Yes. I don't know why. I've always well, some, been really well, you good have at... a really good ear for it. Some people do. I've, Since I was a kid. You know my Aussie accent. It's horrible. Since but... I was a kid, I've had this like crazy, innate... Um, ear for yeah. accents. I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. Like yeah, I was, so it's like singing. Some people have like perfect pitch. You yeah, know what I mean, I don't. But Face it, friend, you're never going to be good enough. I just want to trade for the Pan Pacifics. <laughs> 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 That's the Aussie. Oh, I want to dance with Tina Sparkle. <laughs> Tina Sparkle. Um, so okay, so. I guess it's a little bit like a grieving period, though, too, because you've been going to work for six years. and Oh, yeah. You have to. I think it's really important, um, especially for actors, because for all, like, the no's that we get, the yeses are... The highs are so high and the lows are so low that we usually only, like, celebrate the highs. And I think it's really important to grieve the lows, Mm -hmm. right? So as much as I felt, like, released creatively from the show and I'm like great like I can move on I can do other things I had this amazing experience for six years I'm so excited to see what's coming I was so like concerned about the excitement of it all that like three months later I was really depressed and I was like oh my god I'm so incredibly sad that that experience is over and I realized that I didn't allow myself to to grieve Mm -hmm the end of the show Mm -hmm. and I was so worried about like moving forward in the future and how excited I was that I didn't that I didn't grieve the process and I think it's so important to grieve those moments and to just like be angry about it and then sad and then emotional and 
like have all your feelings about the lows mm -hmm. because if we start brushing like all of our lows under the rug, we're going to just explode one day mm -hmm. and like cause a giant mental breakdown. Does yeah. Well, there's sense? a huge pile underneath that. Yeah. So I think I didn't realize that I really needed to grieve the experience and the end of the show. And so I just kind of like spent a couple of weeks being like, and also friendships, right? And yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm friends with those people for life. Like, yeah, but I it's mean, still like it's a still, very it's like special. A family. It's yeah. like getting a divorce. Yeah. You don't. It's a very. It's you separation. go from seeing them yeah. almost every day. Yeah. You see them more than you see your own family. Yeah. How was it like? Because you before this, you didn't really have any social media. You weren't interested in any of that. So mm -hmm. you went from like zero followers to like you know hundreds of thousands and how is that like being out in the world with people identify you as, as such a character or maybe it isn't a big deal but like it's pretty terrifying to really be honest, yeah because i'm a, an incredibly private yeah person and it's like i struggle with this in interviews all the time i don't and i'm a scorpio so it's like one extreme to another i'm like equal parts introvert and i'm equal parts extrovert and so the acting side of things really feeds my extrovert. Mm -hmm. And then the, all the press and the social media and the red carpet stuff like really um, triggers my introvert mm -hmm. in a really negative way. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I, I struggle with this balance of like sharing too much or sharing too little. And I'm trying to constantly figure out how to be myself but without giving away too much, which is so incredibly difficult for me because <laughs> I either will overshare or I won't give away anything at all. And it comes off like unapproachable mm -hmm. and snobby because, you know, shyness is just a form of ego anyway. And so it's hard. I don't know. Like I, I clearly have a voice and I know I should use it and I do sometimes and then I shut down and then I go hide for three months because I feel like I've exposed too much. <laughs> like, and then I, and then I'll be like, Oh, I should share. I should share. And then I'll freak out and then I'll like go away for six months. It's just this like constant battle of how to, um, just have a balance of just being a normal person on yeah. the internet. I don't I, know. I mean, it's interesting you talk about overshare cause I'm working on another book right now and I have a chapter about overshare that I just started thinking about and like, I'm not even, I don't even know what that is really because sometimes I wonder if like when we feel like we're oversharing, it's shame-based and really mm -hmm. it's just sharing. And when we, when we hear people come out about, you know, I just saw that Jane Fonda's, that, that documentary about yeah. her and right. And she's so honest about her bulimia and stuff like that. And like, is that, that's not oversharing. That's like casting light upon things that we're too scared to talk about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I actually think sometimes oversharing is just the normal baseline sharing of people where most people in the world don't share at all. So it feels like it's too much. Yeah. You know? But I think it's also person to person. No, that's For true. For me, like I can't, so many of my experiences in this life, I know other people will be able to relate to, but yeah. that's, they're mine and yeah. I don't know whether or not I want to share those with everybody because yeah. those are my like they live in my fortress yeah do you know yeah, what it I makes mean sense. and yeah. I don't want as soon as you open up that fortress it's like you've invited you know my life is not an internet sport yeah I can't give you everything of myself because I that's a really slippery slope of losing yourself well, that's also the insatiability of this culture that we're living in now. Yeah, media I don't. Like, it's also like everything is so 
Look, I think social media is a blessing and I think it's a curse. I have very, very huge problems with social media and I also think it's a great tool for some people. I'm obviously still trying to find my footing with it, but um, it's also proven to be very reactionary. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're, so, we're so quick to react with our feelings when we see something and then we text back or we comment back or we tweet back instead of like instead of just like taking a minute and processing and breathing about it and listening, how is this really making me feel? Let me take a moment to like have empathy and compassion and understanding of this person who I may not be agreeing with instead of reacting, you know, social media and technology. It's so fast. It's so reactionary that it's not giving any of us time to just like sit and take it in and really experience and listen to what people are saying. And also we don't have the full story when a no. lot of times when we're commenting around. I just like I think reactionary yeah. emotion yeah. reactionary emotions are really toxic. Yeah. Because we're not really <laughs> we're not really listening. Yeah. And understanding. Yeah. Which is ironic because that's part of the work that we have to do in our acting, which is yeah. just react from a place of impulse and instinct and, and primalness and and it's, it shouldn't be censored. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just was uh, listening to this podcast uh, where Javier Bardem was talking. There's a lot of things we talk about in class where I'm always saying, like, it's fascinating that acting is... In life, we try to avoid conflict at all costs because we either make it to be so much scarier and bring up so much more feeling than it actually right. is or it just is. Conflict is not fun. But then acting is asking us to be in all this conflict, right? To mm -hmm. tell a story. But what we do in life is I think we lie to ourselves to avoid it or to avoid internal conflict with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then and acting is basically you get busted when you lie. Exactly. You just you so have to like, tell the truth. What's the right way? It's so weird. But he talks about that about like you you know, it's so hard to do the thing in our work that in life we train out yeah. of ourselves. But I think your I think your class specifically or your the way you taught helped me out so much in my even in my marriage now because I I can't like I physically can't if something is bothering me I can't not communicate mm -hmm. it because it just like it will eat away it's like it becomes like a cancer do you know what I mean mm -hmm, and it yeah. just grows and it spreads and I can't I can't not communicate that to you and be like, look, this is how I'm feeling about it. And it's not... That's changed a lot for you, I think, when you started. Oh, yeah. yeah Especially in my marriage. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, if this is bothering me, I have to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, if whatever. If it's nothing, if it's just like some small thing, I'm like, I get over it. Yeah. But if it's like... And I think that comes from what I learned in class is you have to be really... There's no wrong way to feel as long as it's coming from an honest place. That's right. So I think that... And also if we share it in a way that as best we can, because sometimes we get triggered, but to try to share it from a place of consciousness and like, this is how I feel. But you, you also I mean? have to recognize your own bullshit about it, right? Yeah. If I get triggered by some like old school baggage that yeah. I have from 10 years ago, yeah. I can't be like, you triggered yes, me no, yeah. from my relate, <laughs> like get, you have to learn how to be like, you have to talk yourself off that yeah. ledge. Yeah. Not everything. I don't, I don't think everything is worth having to have this like big communication. Yes, that's that's right. what it, do you know what I that's mean? That's true. Yes. It's, you have to become it's, aware of like your own personal stuff that's getting triggered from like 15 years ago that you're like I've dealt with that already yeah I'm overreacting I need to move on and 
<laughs> deal with it by myself later. It is interesting how we... I mean, I also think that's a social media-driven thing, too, where we, like, take things so... You know what I mean? It's reactionary. Yeah. Like you see something, yeah. you react, yeah. and then you react instantly. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, wait, how is that really making me feel yeah. about myself? Yeah. And That's unconscious. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so, why I think it's I'm, really good to just sometimes you have to take a break. But also, you have a child now, too, so that's made you more conscious because you see, yeah. like, whoa, it's not just about But also, about like, me, again, right? like, I can't. I love, like, I follow a lot of parenting Instagrams and moms and oh, dads. Wow. Oh, that's and, like, a whole other world. And I can't, and there are times when I'm like, oh, wow, I really want to share, like, my parenting experiences. And then I'm like, fuck that. Like, again, my parenting is not an internet sport. Right. Because there yeah. will be one person out of whatever hundreds of thousands of followers I have that will be like, why is your kid in those shoes? Right. And it will fucking <laughs> send me into Over like the, the depths yeah. of doom yeah and I'll you be scarred like, your kid I can't so it's like you scarred him by putting exactly so my my kid will never be on my Instagram <laughs> no, ever so, or yeah. my husband or yeah. my it's just not yeah. there's also th- certain things that you have to keep sacred and there's nothing more sacred to me than my family and it's so special and I can't, I don't want to share that with anybody. My brother and my sister-in-law have that with my niece. She's nine. And even though I hang out with her a lot, if you notice, like I only post photos like of her hands or her feet Mm -hmm. or because they don't want her, her presence to be on there for a number of reasons. It's bad energy. Yeah. And also like they know, and she doesn't have a phone or anything and they know like, okay, when she's 13, things are going to change, but trying to like create privacy and innocence for as long as possible. And it's hard. I think it's so... But I'm also just like really sensitive. Like I know not everybody's going to like you and that's not, that's not my, I don't want everybody to like me. That's impossible. But at the same time, it's like, why put something out there? Why subject yourself to a troll in Ohio? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, of course. It's not my, that's not my style. (laughs) Well, so Izzy, so now that you're done with the show, so like what's it been like post being coming off of a hit show and a show that wins awards and William H. Macy is so iconic amongst actors and now like, okay, I got to, well, obviously you took some time off because you just were like, I'm going to raise my kid for a bit and enjoy that. But now like the hustle now. It's hard. I mean, never, it's like starting all over again. You don't. uh, Yeah. That's it's, like, it's true. A job is a job, but it isn't necessarily a stepping stone. No, they're back to ground zero. Well, you spend yes so, no, but yes and no. Here's the thing. But the difference is, is I I played such a specific character for so long, right? And you you know how long it took me to find work. Like yes. I was hustling for so long, and finally I booked the show. And then it's like you spend years and years and years trying to prove that you're worthy of getting an acting job. Then that ends, right? And then now you have to reprove yourself that you're not just that one thing that you did for That's six true. years. That's true. You get typed. Right? Yeah. So even though it's like casting directors who know you and know your work and know you don't have an accent, you're still now trying to reprove yourself to those entire people yeah. who you read for <laughs> that yeah. you're not just Svetlana yeah. from Shameless. Well, I have two thoughts about that. One is just to like... You know, stroke your ego for a second, but uh, you're so. Oh, I'm gonna totally start crying. It, oh, stop it! You and the tears. <laughs> I've been really good in the podcast, but every now and then it's just like actually all my I guests cry. All my guests oh, cry. I will not cry. Okay, you won't. But <laughs> but no, you're so you're so super talented, and I, and I remember you know 
I won't name the agents' names, but remember when I bring in agents, I was like, you have to see this girl. She's so yeah. super talented. You meet with them. And they were like, we love Izzy, but we don't know what to do with her, right? Yeah. And I was just like, just keep going. Just keep going. You're going to find a way. And you found a way, but it's never the way that you, you never would have thought. Ugh, I have no lying space. I'm like a glorified extra on a show. And then you're I'm going to be. Getting naked. Yeah. And then you're going to be on the posters. Yeah. It's you know? Crazy. Yeah. I so, just drove past Warner Brothers and I'm on like the side of Warner Brothers. Oh, you got to take a photo of that. That's awesome. That's so Come crazy. on, take a photo of that. But so that was the first thing. So you just keep going. But yeah. the other thing that I thought was really interesting that I was, um, when I was teaching at Atlanta school in the spring, I was, I had uh, dinner with Brienne Howard. Oh, yeah. Love and it. so she's filming she was filming the pilot of this new series and now she's there for the whole year because they picked it up but she was saying and this is kind of where you're at which and I think is so helpful for our listeners which is for the longest time she was trying to book a pilot la 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 and she then she booked and then it didn't go and like there's those whole steps like you don't ever get any auditions then you maybe get a co-star and then maybe you get a guest star and then maybe, maybe you know you go out for pilot season you don't ever book a pilot and then the next year you get callbacks and then you test the following year and then maybe you test and then it books but then the pilot doesn't get picked up and then right so there's the steps but now she was on a show that ran for a whole year on Fox last year mm -hmm. then it got canceled and now she said because of that She's starting again from scratch, but she's at the bottom of a new layer, a new tier. Mm. So she's now getting, she can get in for things that she couldn't get in for two right. years ago, that's but great, she's now going against like point. Emma Stone or whatnot. Yeah, Emma yeah, Stone, yeah. But you know what I mean? I Though, so that's, so that's kind of where you're at, which is you have access to things, but yes, you're at a different tier, but having to start all over again at a different tier. Yeah. My agent, bless his heart. Um, he said early on, I, cause I was having so many judgments about like my age and being older and like my career started so late and I was like, Oh my God, if I was 18, 19, this would be so much easier, but no, like my career is really starting in my late twenties, early thirties. And he's like, it's never about age. He goes, it's mm. always about how much gas you have in the tank. He goes, it's Love about it. How, um, what was the word that he used? I don't remember, but he's like, it's just about how much you have left to give. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that much left to give, it's over. And if you keep refilling your tank uh -huh. and you have a full tank of gas, he goes, you won't have any problems. But is he, it's also, he's right because like, look at how many people start when they're young and are on a series and the series is over and they don't ever work again mm -hmm. because they started when they were 18. Now some people choose not to work or they find another career. So we don't know, but I think it's like, I don't. I think everybody has to just honor their own journey and their way into the business. Totally, you know? everybody's like, acting journey is always. I remember you used to talk to one of the girls in our class whose husband was a movie star, and you were always like, "This is not. That's not your journey. You right. have your own journey. It's like your personal DNA. You can never compare yourself to somebody else's." And journey. she's found. And a she's way. found her she's way. She's found a really great way. And you were always like, you can't, you can never compare it to his journey because this is your own, and it will be always different. But also, I think that's good for the listeners to know too. Is I think we think because we're married to an agent or a famous person, or we know, or our brother is a famous producer or whatever, yeah. that 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 it's necessarily easier for us. I think the truth is is maybe you get different doors opened or you have a few more connections but again it's still your own journey there's no it's really hard yeah to. it doesn't in, in many ways it could also work against you sometimes if you can't mm -hmm. find your own talent your own voice or point of view and so I just think people we're so good at um, 
a sort of mytholatin, I never can say that word, like the mythology around success, thinking if I had that path, I would... All those things because would come you're to always me. comparing yourself to some. It's like it's like yeah. Instagram. You're yeah. comparing yourself to a, a social narrative that just doesn't exist. Yeah. Like that mom with the perfect picture of her kids. That's not real life. But you see that, and you're like, "That's not my life, and my life sucks. It's, Why can't it be that ball. life?" Yeah. And it just it makes you just depressed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> compare really, despairism. Yeah. It's really it's it's sad. It's, I think. <laughs> I think everybody should take a break from social media. It's really, it was very beneficial to my mental health. <laughs> well, so what's next for you? Like, what do you, like, um, what would you like know. to see yourself doing? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm in this like weird unknown place mm-hmm. of, there's a lot of crap out there. You know, I'm going to write for myself I realize nobody will ever be able to like write for my own voice, mm-hmm. so I think I just have to do it for myself. I don't know. I really couldn't tell you. I can't answer that question. And how has being a mom changed you? Can I be honest? It hasn't really changed me much. Really? I'm just still, I'm very much still the same person, but with a child. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I don't know how to answer that no, question no I love it that's so I'm not I don't think did you see the movie Tully I really love that movie no it's I really didn't. great and just about also I don't I, I'm, I'm never gonna be a, a mom so I, I don't know the biological and emotional and uh, physiological things that you know a mother and a child might experience mm-hmm. and how that may transform people sometimes it does but I think that's totally refreshing to hear like you're like yeah I'm just me and I have a little, little one a little me a little mini me yeah I mean I don't I mean, it changes you, obviously, like it changes your body and it changes your, I have a lot more gray hairs. <laughs> I don't sleep as much and <laughs> I'm very tired all the time. But at the same time, it actually helps you more find yourself. Mm-hmm. It makes you, it makes you kind of at the core, really, truly who you are. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've really changed that much. I see a lot of myself and my kids. It's like having a mirror, really. And you're like, wow, I'm like that. Mm. Holy shit. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. he, he says things to me that I say. <laughs> and he has like the same facial expressions that I do. And I'm like, I, I do that. And that's what that looks like? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. <laughs> but no, I'm not like... I don't know. I don't think it's changed my work that much. Uh-huh. I don't think I'm just... I'm still just me. I'm still just a fucking lunatic. But now I'm, I'm a lunatic with a with kid. With a little one. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I'm much more aware of like the world around me and I'm more sensitive to oh, the God, news. And But I think it's... I don't know. I'm just... I have. I don't think I've changed that much. Hmm. Do you think I've changed I, that I much? I think you have, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I think you're more relaxed about stuff. And listen, that may not just be motherhood, that may be time, that may be aging yeah. and, 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 you know, existence itself. Although, I don't know, I see people who uh, aren't, you know what I mean? Everybody's different, but I think, like, I just, I also think that, again, I don't, my parents always use this as a kind of, um, as an excuse when I think they're behaving poorly, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. my parents are awesome, but, like... Like, in other words, they're still parenting me. I'm 50 and they're 83. Yeah. And they'll be like, well, you're not a parent. And if you were, you would know yeah. that we're always, we just, we're always going to worry about you kids or something. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. And I do think it just does change the, 
the molecular structure of your heart a bit because you're yeah. responsible for no absolutely you know. I think I do realize that I'm much more like my parents that I thought I would be like because mm. you grow up and you're like I'll never parent the way they did I'm going to be so different well you had great parents I, well no of course you but still you're a teenager a of... you're, you're a teenager and you're like I'll never make my kids do that or I'll yes. always let my kids do this yes and now but I'm now literally see... like I am my mother 2.0 yeah. with my kid or my dad <laughs> and it's great I mean I had great parents but still I'm like holy shit like I, I am I am my parents yeah that's been the more like eye-opening yeah. thing to me. It's also, I, to me, it's humbling because you see like, oh, life goes on and generations go on and there's yeah. something very, oh, like life itself. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. Yeah. And it's really sad because yeah, it goes really it fast. It goes so fast. It I goes know. so fast. And you don't know, like you try to cherish each moment and then it's gone and you're like, my kid's four. That's insane. I know. I mean, I was just pregnant in your class wearing alpaca sweaters. I know. It was just yesterday. And Do you remember when I didn't tell anybody I was yeah, pregnant? Yeah, I was. And, I and, showed you're up, like, and, you're and like, then I showed up and you're like, when is it due? And I'm like, in three weeks. <laughs> you hit it so well. Because <laughs> I was, didn't show until I was like, like seven but, months pregnant. And also just like, try, and me, I'm, you know, I'm terrible at keeping secrets and me like not being able to say anything and like... But no, it's so true. I think so, you know, it's my 20th anniversary of having the school here. And That's I'm like, crazy. feels like just yesterday. And like, I, I love our new studio. We're still, you know, we're still renovating and building. But, but I have moments of like, oh, when I first started, I had six people in my living room. And those moments are like, oh, how do we just really try to sanctify the moments because they're gone so But also, quickly. like, how do you get back to your root? Like, how That's do you right. grow and keep your roots of like the feeling of having six people in your living room? But now well, it's 600. Know, I know, but we, you know what's crazy is we've somehow managed to do it because I think it comes from the top down yeah. and it's just being with people. Yeah. I don't think we could be as big as we are all over the world if the the heart and the ethos and the soul of the school isn't the same. It's crazy. You know, no, I can't teach 600 people, but, you know, the other teachers there are continuing the work in that very specialized way. Yeah. You know? It's really powerful. Um, well, let's do. Let's just finish up. I always like to do a speed round. It's kind of like Oprah's speed round. Oh, okay. how would you describe acting in one word? Scary. Ah, that's, I love it. What's one thing you would take with you if you were like marooned on an island? I mean, yeah, it's kind of a. My, some of my questions are dumb here, but I like them. Wait, like what's if you were stuck on an island? What's the one thing you would have to have with you? A book. Just one book. Okay. Well, you oh, said one a, thing. Well, that's true. What am I going to take a fucking <laughs> Somebody was like a book? Kindle. No. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, Dirty Dancing. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about you. Really? And, uh, really? Wow. Yes. Well, it's a tie between that and Clockwork Orange, but it's probably a Dirty okay. Dancing. Okay. I could see that in you. I watch it every time it's on. I don't have TV anymore, but every time it was on TV, I'd have to you, watch it. You, no matter what. I know I all the it. words. Jennifer Grey was great. They were great. I know. They were all great in that movie. I know. The parents. That's my favorite movie. The parents were great. I think it's a perfect movie. You know what's a perfect movie that I hadn't ever seen, Shame on Me, that I just watched recently because it was on um, TCM or whatever the the Mm. Turner Turner movie classics, is The Apartment. Oh my God, so That is a perfect... Well, do you know what I just saw that I had never seen, which is completely cinematically blasphemous, was A Roman Holiday. 
I saw that many years ago. Also, really, really great. So yes, good. really great. I also saw it after I got back from Rome. I was oh, like, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. That happens. Holiday. I did that too. <laughs> I saw a Sophia Loren movie when oh I came God. back from Italy. We literally, I, I was in a boat. I know. Drive, um, uh, riding past Sophia Loren's house in Sorrento. Whoa. I was like, oh, I need to, I need to go back and watch all. I watch. What's the movie where she's uh, Brit, not Brit Eklund? She's uh, um, and not Brigitte Bardot. She's dancing in um, the fountain. Um, oh God! In, uh, in uh, Trevi. Yeah, and Trevi Fountain. Um, I don't know. I watched that when I came back. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? Um, if I wasn't an actor, what would I be? Probably a... Um, oh, I know the answer to this question and I can't remember it now. Well, like, well you, were, you were a gymnast. You were a ballerina. You were like... I'd probably be a teacher. Uh-huh. I could see that. Who's your celebrity crush? Man or woman? It could be either. I don't... Non-gender specific. Ooh. Gary Oldman. Love Gary Oldman. Tell me and Gina Comfredo became best friends. <laughs> Over On the shoot of Birds of a Feather. <laughs> Over your love, love of, of Gary Oldman. Oldman. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. He was so good in that movie last year. Um, ha, uh... What's something you can't do without? My family. Aw. And what's what's a main takeaway you had from the school or working with me or like the studio, Amy W. Like what was something you know about yourself in acting? Oh. Or what were you gonna say? I mean, um, I guess the one biggest thing I took away from AMAW is that just like not to give a fuck. Hmm. Just don't give a fuck. I always thought you were like that even before you came to the I school. was. Yeah. Now I'm even more. Okay, good. For the, for the little... I mean, it's yeah. obviously you should give a fuck about important things, but like... This is a woman who comes in and talks. I was like, how's your audition? And she's like, you know what, Tony? I just went in there and I literally... I just didn't care. I just don't care anymore. I just... I literally took a shit on the stage. I did. I just went into the casting office and I just shit on the casting office. And like, of course, they loved it because I just didn't give a That's shit. Not Nicola and I do that impersonation <laughs> all the time. I was like, "Well, I went in there and I took a dump, and I didn't care." I guess, I guess I should elaborate. It's not about not giving a fuck. It's just about not taking it so seriously. Yes, and also not putting energy toward things that we just don't have any business doing. That's what we yes. mean about not giving a fuck. Of yes. course you care. Of course you care. Of course you're invested and you do the work. You don't have a, like a severe control. That's right. You give, yeah. Oh, that's another thing I learned. You give up control, yeah. which was a huge thing. That was a, that Jesus. was a big thing. Jesus. And it's still a big Christ. thing in the work. Yes, that's a yeah. good thing. It's gotten better though. Yes. That is something that was big for you. Yeah. And then the last question is, how do you define love? Or what's your definition of love? The definition of love? For you, yeah. For me? Jeez, it's a loaded question, Tony. No, but it's good to have. How do you define love? I think Oprah asked people, like, how do you define God? That's hard. I think, I guess, love. I don't know, for me, love, a lot of love is about respect. I think if you can have, like, I think love between, like, your, you and your partner or something. I think if you really, like, truly respect each other, mm-hmm. that's to me, is love, I guess. And it's unconditional. 
and should be forever. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's oh, a really you're good such question. such a romantic. I know, but it's good to think about it. I always like to end my saying, like, this is love for me. This is yeah. how I define it, these moments. You know I, mean? I think love is just something that you know. It's like innate. Mm. It's innate, I guess. Mm-hmm. You either have it or you don't with mm-hmm. people or someone or mm-hmm. in your life, really. And I think a lot of it is you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Yeah. It's like so It's, it's an so ongoing important. process, man. I right? know. Yeah. Well, Izzy, I'm so glad you were here. I think you're probably inspired a lot of listeners. Uh, where can people find so you? So wait, did people really listen to this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Izzy. Yes, Izzy. <laughs> Obviously, you don't. It's called In the Moment, a podcast about creativity, <laughs> acting, and life. <laughs> where can they find you if they want to? Well, you can watch all six seasons um, that Izzy was on on Shameless. All eight but, seasons are on Netflix. Yes. I think. I'm not sure. Um, you can find me uh, sometimes on the Instagram at Isadora and on Twitter at Isadora Gore. Okay, amazing. Thanks, Izzy. Thanks, Tony. I love you. Love you too.